Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 382. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, returning for 2019, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 382. Well, Happy New Year 2019. I've finally put away the holiday decorations, and with my thoughts already turning to the spring garden, it's time to look to the future. Our big news for 2019 is the launch of a one-stop website for all things Slow Flowers. Please visit our newly launched site on the web, slowflowerssociety.com. It's fresh, beautiful, user-friendly, and gives you access to all of the Slowflowers programs, events, and channels in one place. Why the society? Our focus hasn't changed. In fact, our mission continues, which is to change the flower sourcing practices of consumers and professionals through outreach and education that highlights the benefits of local, seasonal, and sustainable domestic flowers, and to build a movement that promotes cultivation and sales of those flowers while nurturing authentic connections between consumers, farmers, and florists. Slowflowers.com is now part of the larger Slow Flowers Society. The term society underscores our inclusive community dedicated to preserving domestic floral farms and supporting safe, seasonal, and local supplies of sustainably farmed flowers and foliage. And our members are engaged in all facets of the U.S. floral industry. Please check it out and look for more details in the coming weeks. Let's jump right to today's episode. I'm excited to share the highlights from the annual Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast. This report originated in the fall of 2014 when I traveled to New York City to meet with garden and lifestyle media experts as part of the launch of slowflowers.com. The publicists helping me, Lola Honeybone and Marla Kramer, suggested I produce a PowerPoint presentation to help illustrate the central themes of the Slow Flowers movement. It was a great tool to use to walk editors and writers through our platform and to discuss shifts taking place in the floral marketplace, shifts that directly reflected significant changes in how flowers could be grown, designed, and marketed. When 2015 rolled around just a few months later, I shared those insights on this podcast and it became the first of our annual ritual. 
For each of the past five years, I have drawn from a number of sources to develop this annual forecast. Sources include hundreds of my first-person interviews for print and digital stories, input gathered from the Slow Flowers community, conversations with past guests of the Slow Flowers podcast, and idea exchanges with other progressive leaders in the floral marketplace, farmers, florists, and design creatives who together inspire this Floral Futures report. I hope you find these forward-thinking resources important and valuable. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions. You can find an expanded version of this report, including a free PDF at today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. You can also find an executive summary of the report in the pages of the brand new January 2019 edition of Florist Review Magazine. A note about our programming change for 2019. Because of so much demand, all good, from podcast sponsors, we're trying something a little different for 2019. Rather than giving you a lengthy sponsor list at the end of the show, I'll highlight just three sponsors during a single episode, at the beginning, during our mid-show break, and at the end. So first up, let's thank the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org and check out the website for details about the upcoming Focus on the Business of Cut Flowers Conference set for February 18th and 19th in Denver. Seven of the experts presenting at the conference are past guests of the Slow Flowers podcast, so you'll recognize some familiar names and topics in their lineup. The title of this year's 2019 Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast is Tracking Floral Futures. I know you'll agree with me that the floral professional's role is to connect consumers with the natural world through artistry and design. So it's no surprise that this year's emerging themes include ideas and concepts that strengthen community ties with values-driven consumers, as well as nurture entrepreneurial innovation in horticulture and floriculture. In recent months, I've shared many of these ideas at top industry venues, including Hitomi Gilliam's Trend Summit 2018, the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers Annual Conference, and the Southern Flower Symposium. I'll also share this report at an upcoming member-only event for the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market on January 23rd. You can find details in my event calendar at deborahprinzing.com. If you're an early adopter, these concepts may resonate or reinforce your current approach to sustainable design. Let's get started. Number one, experiences, not conveniences. In a retail climate where Amazon is king, those who engage floral consumers in authentic, tactile, visceral experiences will break through the click and buy or cash and carry mindset. Customers who connect with you, your story, your flowers, and the origin of those flowers are the foundation of your loyal tribe. And while efforts and actions that strengthen our ties with customers isn't an entirely new concept, it is one you must habitually practice, especially in today's cluttered and distracting marketplace. Events, tours, workshops, and other experiential programming are critical and much more powerful than touching customers through social media channels alone. Many of you have a deep understanding of the power of experiences, and my advice to you is to continue investing time, 
resources, and creativity to offer the floral marketplace a chance to forge a relationship with you and your flowers. For example, Slow Flowers members Teresa Ingbretson and Katie Elliott of My Garden Overfloweth open their Patterson, Washington farm for two seasonal flower fling festivals each year. These farmer florists have created events that provide a sense of community for their customers, while also offering a new venue for other vendors. And in their recap post after the fall fling, they wrote this. We place so much thought, time, and care into planning the best experience we possibly can, and we hope that shows. This is a space and a time where memories are made, and we hope each and every person felt a warm welcome. We felt so much love yet again by all who attended, including amazing local vendors. Each vendor and their products speak to hard work, quality, and friendship, and we're so honored to have so many great people surrounding us at our farm. You don't have to be a professional event planner to pull off an experience-rich program. Not at all. Start small, open your studio or farm gate to flower lovers. You'll be positively rewarded. Number two. Artisan, not mass-produced. When you embrace the artisan ethos, the conversation moves away from the perception that flowers are a price-sensitive commodity and embraces the belief that flowers are a higher, value-added work of art. As botanical ingredients migrate further into the worlds of fashion and couture, and yes, Beyonce and her floral headpiece appearing on the cover of last September's Vogue comes to mind. They are quickly becoming objects of desire in a new way. The explosion of floral wearables, floral couture, and jewelry alike ignites the imaginations of your clients. Handcrafted products as well as botanical collections will differentiate you and your brand. The idea of flowers as fashion is definitely a theme of American Flowers Week. And I'm so pleased that the Slow Flowers community of floral designers and flower farmers have adopted this annual promotion as a vehicle for showcasing domestic, seasonal, and local flowers as runway worthy. I can't wait to reveal the 2019 Botanical Fashions looks in June. To accompany this report in Flores Review, I chose the work of Slow Flowers member Annika McIntosh of Hazel Landscapes and Design. Her beautiful and inventive floral tattoo piece, photographed by Heather Saunders, reflects techniques taught by Susan McCleary of Passionflower at the Whidbey Flower Workshop. As Annika noted to me when I shared the story with her, she shared this. The Whidbey Workshop felt like a convergence of fresh thinkers and true artists, and I'm honored to represent the rich creativity that was cranking that weekend. I'm back in my hometown in upstate New York with family, and your article has been a fun conversation piece and a great opportunity to show them a bit of what seasonal, local, enlightened floral design is up to right now. You'll have to check out her work at our notes today. Number three, floral expressions, not floral arrangements. Credit for this phrase, floral expressions, goes to Tomas de Brun, who uttered it during his presentation at the 2018 American Institute of Floral Designers Symposium. I sat there and wrote it down immediately. The idea of floral expressions resonates as a design philosophy that infuses relevance into what is so often the day-to-day production-based floral marketplace. Enticing the senses, setting a mood, emphasizing place and season, these themes enhance what sometimes feels prosaic in the crowded marketplace for flowers. Uncommon ingredients, geographic uniqueness, and botanical curiosities lend unexpected garnish to arrangements, allowing a centerpiece or a hand-tie bouquet to represent so much more than stem count or price. Perhaps 
by tapping deep into the inner artist, an expression in flowers will communicate more meaningful sentiments for your clients. In my florist review recap, I shared photos from Slow Flowers member Mary Simmons of Persephone Floral Atelier in Chicago. Her, t- her centerpiece and bouquet feature edibles and wild gathered elements incorporated to create a textural, seasonal expression that truly captured the mood and spirit of time and place. You'll want to look at that, uh, those photos too. Number four, environmental, not synthetic. Natural, tactile, and organic are terms that emerge in this concept, one that returns us quite literally to the roots of this profession. Expressing our earthy and earthly ties requires peeling back the veil and revealing how plants grow. Tap into that curiosity and give your customers access to the process, revealing root balls, seedlings, bulbs, tubers. All is part of the finished design is one way to underscore floristry's ties to farmland and agriculture. Wilder cultivated, nature at all stages fascinates and provides access to unique sources. One exciting way to illustrate this idea is through event installations that excite and engage attendees in the process of growing flowers from seed to plant to root. This was the case during American Flowers Week last year when Slow Flowers member Isabella Thorndike Church of Jack Lilly Seasonal Floral Design in Rogue Valley, Oregon, orchestrated a botanical painting depicting a barn and fields. She allowed the flower stems to poke through the frame so viewers could see the process up close. As a result, the back side of the installation was as popular with customers as the actual finished front side. The spectacle intrigued and inspired viewers to have a go at their own installations and increased dialogue about the importance of locally sourced flowers. As Isabella explained in an interview we posted to the American Flowers Week website, People had to touch the flowers to see if they were real. People don't normally engage, but they were engaging more with this installation piece. It's beautiful, and you'll have to check out the photos at today's show notes. Item number five, vertical, not compartmentalized. More florists are becoming their own source for everything from cut flowers to value-added products such as vases, accessories, linens, and tools as a way to capture more profits and reclaim revenue. The opportunity to sell to yourself has fueled the farmer florist model, and increasingly studio and retail florists are planting seeds to attain affordable luxury, flowers to grow, and harvest for their own channels. There are innovative crossover and collaborative opportunities as well. In 2018, the Slow Flowers podcast hosted conversations with florists, flower farmers, and artists to discuss the many ways creative floral professionals are expanding their businesses to capture and control more opportunities. For example, we featured flower farmers who are diversifying with new crops like fiber and dye plants, producing new workshops and pursuing sales channels. And we featured retail florists who are planting cutting gardens or small flower farms as they seek inventive ways to bring more flowers to more people more often. I'm excited to see those innovations continue in 2019. Let's take a quick sponsor break and thank Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. Next week's surprise guest will help me reveal Johnny's 2019 new flower seed introductions, so you'll definitely want to catch that episode. Okay, back to the insights. Insight number six, relational, not transactional. 
I keep returning to the oft-quoted Seth Godin adage, people do not buy goods and services, they buy relations, stories, and magic. In today's transactional climate, florists who can find authentic and relevant ways to engage with customers while also doing business are well-positioned to ride out downturns or more competition in their marketplace. Meaningful connections, back to those experiences over conveniences, have inspired a number of florists to bring their clients closer. Mary-Kate Kinane of The Local Bouquet, a wedding and event designer based in Little Comstock, Rhode Island, hosts DIY floral design workshops that go well beyond a hands-on session. Her Meet the Farmer series creates opportunities for customers to tour and learn from The Local Bouquet's regular vendors, while deepening an appreciation for the studio's values and brand. Mary-Kate's is just one of the many innovative ways that the Slow Flowers community is pursuing authentic connections at a time when consumers are numb to the incessant noise of the marketplace. We want to feature more of your stories that underscore this theme. Don't be shy. Please get in touch and let us know how you're developing those meaningful relationships with your customers. Number seven, planted, not faux. In prior years, our Slow Flowers Floral Insights identified cultivated wildflowers, flowering native plants, modern everlastings, luxe tropicals, and the woodland as new or revived floral styles worth noting. For 2019, there's no denying that it's the year of the houseplant. The Slow Flowers Journal recently documented the creative ways that retail florists are leveraging the current plant craze for their brands. For those who yearn to keep it local, sourcing plants is a mostly domestic practice, reinforcing the brand message they're already communicating with local and seasonal cut flowers. The power of plants extends further with corporate greening services, planting workshops, and education, as well as a broader design palette for traditionally flower-centric weddings and events. Planting design's role in floristry is not a short-term trend. Like the cultural shift we've witnessed taking place around flower sourcing, the consumer's embrace of living plants is a phenomenon that's here to stay. When you emphasize horticulture-based goods and services, you tap into the yearnings of a new customer base, be it houseplant aficionados or those wanting to deepen their relationships with the earth. I love this comment from Anissa Monzo of Savannah's Urban Poppy, quoted in the October issue of Florist Review. She says, As retailers in the day of Amazon, we have to create something that's quite literally tangible for a customer because you can buy air plants and succulents on Amazon. But for creating that intimate relationship with customers, Amazon can't quite do that yet. I do feel like when I'm selling a plant, I'm selling a pet. In the same article, Lisa Watt of Detroit's Pot and Box offered this insight. She says, Our customers are really passionate about plants, and they want to have an experience where they're talking to someone who knows as much or more about plants than they do. That accessibility goes along with the branding of a modern plant store. Number eight, transparent, not obscured. There are two different but equally relevant themes reflected by the, by the idea of transparent versus obscured. The first relates to many of the items in this report, the idea of being authentic, aka transparent, and how one's brand is presented to the marketplace. Transparency in our business and sourcing practices is more important than ever. This means aligning images, content, partnerships, and practices with the brand values we want to represent. If you see the hashtag no filter popping up more often this coming year. It's clearly a reflection of this sentiment. 
There is another idea of transparency that has captured my attention, and that is an aesthetic one. The open, airy look is moving to center stage, and many progressive and experimental designers are playing with negative space, exposed stems, and simplified structures in their arrangements. This style isn't a replacement for the popular concept of seasonal abundance, but it is an approach that heightens the viewer's attention toward each flower, be it a focal or an accent bloom, and one that allows stems to emerge above and beyond the dense center of gravity of a bouquet or centerpiece. Transparent design seems to defy gravity, in fact. I've been drawn to this aesthetic, and I've witnessed the alluring approach of a number of designers recently. Check out today's show notes for some beautiful examples from Slow Flowers members. Number nine, multi-seasonal, not single-use. Extending the season is a popular concept in flower farming, and now savvy florists are reimagining fresh annuals as dried everlastings or flowers that have an afterlife as seed heads once petals have dropped. Further, when ingredients can serve multiple purposes, equally cherished for the bloom, foliage, bark, and pod, they become a valuable design element. The inspiration here is having an appreciation for all phases of a perennial shrub or tree. Celebrating the seasonal cycles is yet another way to connect customers with nature while also shifting the idea of beauty away from a flawless hothouse flower and toward nature's imperfection. This notion is not new. In fact, it has been adopted by resourceful flower farmers for centuries. I'm happy to see multi-seasonal botanicals returning to the forefront. Charles Little of Charles Little & Company, a Slow Flowers member farm in Eugene, Oregon, put it best in an article I wrote for the Johnny's newsletter last year. He said, I still love the things that give you two or three opportunities to harvest. Whether it's the flower in the spring or the pod in the fall, it's always great to have some kind of backup plan for a flower. Certainly, we grow status, amobium, and straw flower. All are great dried flowers, but they're almost better as cut flowers. Number 10, community, not solitary. We've seen the phrase community over competition, and I, for one, believe that that is the only way to differentiate ourselves in this noisy global marketplace where authentic connections are rare. I'm seeing maker collectives where florists and growers merchandise flowers and arrangements alongside specialty food, fashion, or art venues. I'm amazed at the proliferation of wholesale hubs where flower farmers connect directly with floral designers. Co-working spaces, the sharing of infrastructure and equipment between flower farmers, collaborative floral installations for public good. These actions are taking place more often than ever as intentional and meaningful ways to create community and foster a sense that we are part of something bigger than commerce, rather a mission to change our own marketplace for better results. I recently joined Twin Cities Flower Exchange founder Christine Hoffman for a gathering of local flower farmers and florists at her flower hub in St. Paul, Minnesota, where together these floral entrepreneurs are fostering a dynamic wholesale marketplace for local flowers. They have shifted the conversation and brought local and seasonal flowers to the attention of buyers and the media. They have encouraged new flower farmers to get started and have guided florists to explore more sustainable sourcing practices. They have changed the conversation and it's not only exciting. It's changing lives for the better. You can see the real expression of that at the Slow Flowers Summit this summer, July 1st and 2nd, when Christine and the Twin Cities Flower Exchange co-host us at the Slow Flowers Summit in Twin Cities. Numbers 11 and 12. 
I want to wrap up with two bonus insights. They may fly in the face of conventional assumptions, but that's indeed how change takes place. I want you to be aware of these shifts on the horizon, regardless of whether they apply to you or your business right now. Number 11 is Cannabis Nation Not Taboo Topic. Okay, I live in Washington State, so pot is legal here. And to be perfectly truthful, I am not a partaker, preferring Chardonnay as my controlled substance. However, all you have to do is search Instagram for the hashtags Cannabis Florist or Cannabis Floral Arrangements, and you may be as surprised as I am to see hundreds of posts appear. There are flower farmers who have begun to grow hemp and cannabis for non-floral products and healthcare use. There are florists who have begun to design with the foliage of the male cannabis plant, which anecdotally we, we keep hearing has incredible vase life. Check out the slides in today's show notes. They cover cannabis as a value-added crop, as a novelty floral item, and more. Clearly, this is a special niche serving a distinct demographic, and it may not be for you, but it's an idea worth tracking in the coming months. Number 12 asks an either-or question. Is it hashtag grown not flown or hashtag shipping for dollars? There are some of you who have ascribed to the belief that local flowers should only be sold to local customers. You know, in a perfect world, I couldn't agree more. Yet there are others, increasingly, who are enterprising and entrepreneurial floral professionals seeking new markets for their flowers. 2018 was the year in which small-scale flower farms began to experiment with shipping their flowers to new markets, mostly to florists hungry for their specialty crops. I believe there's a way to stay true to your Slow Flowers brand, but to also take advantage of a larger pipeline for selling what you grow. After all, the term sustainable also relates to the need for flower farmers to make a sustainable living from their land. There are ways to satisfy demand if you're willing to take the leap. It means determining specific value-added crops that can be affordably shipped, as well as creating a story that sells your flowers in spite of the hassles and other perceived barriers to shipping. There are pioneers to emulate, and we've told many of their stories through Slow Flowers articles and interviews. The North American floral marketplace is not saturated when it comes to seasonal flowers, but the best customer may not be in your 50-mile radius. Where can you penetrate with a differentiated floral product? That's your challenge to explore in 2019, and I promise to bring you new voices and ideas to assist your research. Well, that's it. 10 insights and two bonus ideas. And you can be sure I've already started a folder called 2020 Insights as it takes a full year to observe, listen, and collect input for the annual Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast. I'd like to encourage you to share your thoughts with me. Get in touch at deborahprinzing at gmail.com. And be sure to visit today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com to download a PDF of this report and to read more about our two bonus insights for 2019. Our final sponsor thanks today goes to Longfield Gardens. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. An update about the Slow Flowers Summit. First of all, we've been running an early bird ticket promotion for the Slow Flowers Summit 2019, and that opportunity has now closed as of the end of 2018. Nearly 50 of you took advantage of the early bird pricing, and we know we'll sell out 
at 150 total registrations. So don't have FOMO, fear of missing out. You'll want to make your way over to slowflowersummit.com to learn all about the many opportunities to join us from flower farm tours and dinner on a flower farm to business and branding presentations to interactive and inspiring design sessions, all created to serve you. Slow Flowers members will still enjoy discount pricing up until the day of the summit. Sign up to receive updates at slowflowerssummit.com. We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farms, flower farmers, and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 393,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.